This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys, and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbukens. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries, causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Terbukens are fictitious and should not be cooked at home. Listening to the December 22nd, 2017 edition of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a word of his podcast dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe, and joining me today on the show is a contributor here at the Viz, also for Gridiron Experts and 2QBs, and he's also featured over over there at Fantasy Pros. Welcome to the show, Eric Moody. You can find him on the tweets at Eric N. Moody. It is great to have you on the mailbag show, Eric. What's good, man? Hey, Jeremy. I'm fired up to have an opportunity to be on the uh, mailbag show here at uh, Rotoviz. But I will tell you, you know, if I were doing any better, you know, I'd be a twin. You know, it's been another great season of NFL action. It's been a pleasure, as always, contributing to Rotoviz, you know, fantasy pros and gridiron experts. But I'm also, you know, really excited about what the offseason brings. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. You know, it gives us another opportunity to analyze and dive deep into NFL draft prospects, uh, free agency, and ultimately just preparing, you know, for the uh, next uh, NFL season. Absolutely, and that's what we're going to be doing is making a lot of those preparations and next steps here as we move on. The Fantasy Football Mailbag, of course, we're going to be going good and strong uh, through the fantasy playoffs here, so we're going to still be sticking around for another month or so yet, and uh, it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure to just take a look at all of the awesome content that you've had uh, going on there at the sites here. So uh, before we dive in and uh, answer some of these QQs for the week here, let's let's talk a little bit about that. So you write the, the weekly wide receiver targets post here at the Viz, which has just been a fantastic read every single week, uh, really at a holistic level, high level, and then breaking down to to more of a, uh, a minor level as well, just digging deep there, not only at the targets and usage, but efficiency as well. So um, I know you kind of break that into, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three types of receivers. So give us a couple names that you want to highlight that may have some significance for this week and potentially next for the fantasy playoffs as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I'll kick it off, you know, with tier one. You know, one name that really, really, you know, struck me was uh, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he continues to prove that he's matchup proof and he's an elite wide receiver one. 
And, you know, he's going up against the Steelers this week. Now, quarterback Tom Savage has been placed on IR. You know, the Texans are going to roll with TJ Yates, you know, for the rest of the season. So what was interesting with Yates, you know, 13 out of his 31 targets were directed to Hopkins. You know, Nook is average, you know, 12.9 targets, 6.9 receptions, and 116.4 receiving yards, you know, over the last eight games. And he also has a positive receiving fantasy points over expectation. So that's a guy you want to continue to deploy in lineups. Moving on to the second tier, you know, Michael Thomas is another name I like quite a bit. You know, he's been a great, you know, buy low. Uh, so Thomas, you know, I would say he's my number one ranked wide receiver going into championship week. You know, he's going up against the Falcons. And, um, you know, against the Jets, you know, no other Saints wide receiver saw more than five targets. You know, he's clearly Drew Brees' number one guy. You know, Thomas has averaged 10.2 targets, 7.4 receptions, and 85.2 receiving yards over the last eight games. You know, he's another receiver that's also had a positive receiving fantasy points over expectation. Now, the only wide receivers are more targets than it's 42 over the last four weeks are Hopkins, uh, Antonio Brown, and Keenan, and Keenan Allen. Now, looking at that third tier, Keelan Cole. You know, I know he uh, helped a number of people, you know, win weeks uh, last week with 186 yards and a touchdown against the Texans. Now, he'll also have another opportunity to shine this week due to the uh, injury to our Marquise Lee. You know, the word on the street, uh, I think Ian Rappaport mentioned this uh, on Twitter, that it's, uh, you know, he's unlikely to play this week, you know, Marquise Lee. And so what was interesting was Cole, you know, he played 74% of the Jaguars' offensive snaps was targeted on 17% of them. He's generated 5.33 yards per route run, according to Pro Football Focus. And I view him as a solid wide receiver three, you know, with, especially with Lee, you know, being out. They're going up against the 49ers, so again, plus matchup. Now for Tier 4, Robert Woods, you know, he basically picked up of where uh, he left off of Jared Goff. You know, that's a guy who's averaged 9.3 targets over the last three games. And he's averaging uh, seven points per game more than expected since the beginning of Week 10. Tyreek Hill at Tier 5, you know, again, what else can we say about this guy? You know, he's averaged 7.8 targets over the last five games. Another thing that's interesting, Jeremy, is that he scored 11 touchdowns of 50 receiving yards or more in his career, and all seven of Hill's scores this season have come outside the red zone. Now, he's over 1,000 yards in receiving for the season, and he is, you know, he can be viewed as a wide receiver one going against, uh, going against the Dolphins. And I think he has the potential actually to finish, you know, within the uh, top eight. So to close out the last tier with some brief commentary, we got Marvin Jones. And this is a guy who's reached 85 receiving yards or more in six of the last eight games. And he's averaging 5.8 targets per game with Golden Tate, you know, is averaging 7.2. So those are some guys that I like from each of those tiers that, you know, our listeners, our readers that wrote of this should really keep on their radar this week. Fantastic groups of names, uh, uh, names of players that you, that you got going there. Oh my gosh. I mean, you, you mentioned Keelan Cole. Um, I only had one GPP team out there with Keelan Cole. And so it wasn't enough to offset the just, uh, I was entirely overweight on DD Westbrook and Antonio Brown. Luckily though, I actually couldn't get to Lev Bell the way I was building my cash game roster. So Dave, Todd Gurley just completely saved my ass last week. But I mean, <laughs> man, injuries just, oh, they, they crushed me last week because AB and DD Westbrook and how that usage is going to be interesting to see that play out, but I'm hoping you know teams are going to look at that film from the previous week, and they're going to be giving a little bit more respect to the likes of Keelan Cole, hopefully opening up for the likes of uh, Dee Westbrook here as well. Um, so let's go ahead and just uh, move along here. Let's provide a quick rundown for the playoff motivation, because after all, this is a, a QQ uh, start-sit-based show, so we'd be uh, remiss not to at least mention, because these are some of the parameters that you're going to have to take into account for Week 16 and Week 17. So here we go. 
Uh, Saints and Falcons, all systems go. Ravens and Colts must win for the Ravens to maybe have a shot. Uh, Vikings can wrap up a first-round bye, and they're playing Green Bay. Get your Vikings defense in there. Uh, Lions need a couple wins and some help. Dolphins and Chiefs, all systems go there. Uh, Bills uh, fighting for a playoff uh, berth here. They're going to need two wins, Browns and Bears. Ugh, I mean, young quarterback narrative at most from a motivation perspective. Bucks and Panthers, uh, the Panthers win and in. Rams and Titans, Rams win for the division title. Chargers and Jets, two wins and a little bit of help will get the Chargers in. Uh, Jaguars win and they can clinch this week. Seahawks and Cowboys both need this win or are well, probably essentially toast here. Giants and the Cardinals, woof. Uh, Steelers and Texans, Steel Curtain uh, are trying to stay on track for a first-round playoffs uh, and then uh, first-round playoff bye, I should say. And then Raiders and the Eagles, uh, Eagles can win for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. So a lot going on here, and you mentioned earlier here, we're going to be kicking it uh, most of this uh, playoff season as well. So you're going to want to head over to the site there for a 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage at rotoviz.com slash podcast. That subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content, and it also supports the pod. You can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz Radio channel on iTunes. Look, folks, it takes hard work getting the show out every week. Do us a solid. Hit that rate button. And, of course, if you have any questions that you want answered on the show, email us at rotavizradio at gmail.com. We'll go ahead and get those answered for you as well. Woo! All right, Eric, let's get into the QQs for the week. Here we go. Uh, all, right. Re- all right. Redraft. Uh, we got first one here. Dak. Jameis or Flacco? Boy, two weeks ago, we wouldn't have mentioned Flacco here, but he seems to be coming around and, uh, I guess, seemingly over that back injury. Yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I was looking at this question, and my initial thought was to, to go with Dak Prescott. You know, he's going to have uh, uh, Zeke Elliott back this week, and he's obviously played uh, very well with Zeke uh, in the lineup. So I anticipate those those two will pick up where they left off. Very good, yeah. Um, I'm with you there as well. And I'll go ahead and give a shout-out here to my man, uh, J-Men's Hoops on Twitter here. Uh, just a, a loyal listener submitting these questions every week. Uh, really appreciate you listening to the show. Next question here, we got Redraft PPR. Flex one of the aforementioned D.D. Westbrook, the aforementioned Keelan Cole, Marcus Goodwin, Kendall Wright, or Buck Allen? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Marquise Goodwin uh, on this one. You know, he has really good rapport with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I know the matchup is not ideal, uh, you know, against the Jaguars this week. But one thing that Goodwin has going for him is the uh, the target volume. You know, mm-hmm. since Garoppolo's taken over, you know, he's been a target monster. And ultimately, you know, I feel and believe, and in, in my in my column, you know, states this often is that you know, volume and target. Yeah, I'm, uh, I want to say I'm with you there. I uh, whole, wholeheartedly agree that uh, Marcus Goodwin is, um, you know, I, I think he's going to be fine in this matchup, the way that usage breaks out here. I'll probably slant Didi on my side here, but I think those are the two names to kind of drill down and research a little bit further between Didi and Goodwin. Uh, next one here we have Redraft PPR. I'm up against a classic fantasy argument this week, as you just kind of alluded to, between matchup and volume. So here we go. I can either start Cameron Brait, Versus Carolina, of course, as we know, AJ Howard or OJ Howard has been uh, ruled out. Or we have Ben Watson versus Indianapolis. Which way does he go? Yeah, I would prefer uh, you know this listener to go with uh, with Cameron Brake. You know, Brake caught four or five targets for forty nine yards against the Falcons last week. Now he did miss part of the game due to knee injury early. You know, Brake tied uh, wide receiver Adam Humphreys for the second most targets on the team. Now, O.G. Howard's ankle injury does open up the door, you know, for Bray to see more usage against the Panthers. 
Now, he did rank fourth among tight ends in fantasy points over the first eight weeks of the season before Howard's uh, number of snaps played increased. So that's who I would go with, you know, Braid over Watson. With you there as well. The next one, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and say this is a redraft PPR for every single question that we have on the show. Of course, it's fantasy playoffs. So, of course, these are the questions that are coming in. So I'm just going to no longer say redraft PPR, and I'm going to hop right into it here. So I can't <laughs> wait to lose my big game because I chose the wrong defense. Do I start the Cardinals or the Giants this week playing against one another? And this is a tough question. I, you know, I was breaking that down, and, and, and I ultimately would recommend the Cardinals' defense over the Giants this week. You know, they're facing a Giants team at home. You know, that's implied for just 18 points. You know, and they're in a prime position for a letdown after their offensive explosion against the Eagles last week. Now, the Giants still have the second lowest scoring rate this season. I do envision the Cardinals finishing as a top 12 DST this week. I am with you there as well. All right, the next one here, we've got Mike Gillisley, Marshawn Lynch, Jay Ajayi, Lamar Miller, Jarek McKinnon, and Amir Abdullah. I'm likely without Devontae Adams now, as if I haven't already suffered enough injuries this season. I don't even know why I'm here. Unless I use uh, Demir Bird, I likely have to roll four out of the six RBs. Which do I use? So I guess we can also say that as which two do I not use? Yeah, I was, and I was looking at this. So I was like, "That's a motley crew of, uh, of running backs there." So the the four, <laughs> just a plethora of pluh. <laughs> exactly. So so my selections would be Jay Ajayi, Lamar Miller, Marshawn Lynch, and Jarek McKinnon. And I'll give a little commentary uh, as well. So Ajayi is the lead back of the Eagles. You know, running back by committee. You know, his fourteen touches. Uh, you know that he had. You know, were more than uh, the Garrett Blunt and Corey Clement combined. Uh, combined, excuse me. Now the silver lining is that most of his yardage was tied, you know, to back-to-back big plays in the third quarter. But again, Ajay is the guy there. So you look at Lamar Miller. Obviously, negative game flow is going to be his biggest risk that can impact his fantasy day. He only had 11 touches, you know, last week. We could see a similar scenario against the Steelers at home. Now, if you go back over his last three games, you know, Miller has averaged 13.7 rushing attempts. 2.7 receptions over that time frame. You know, so again, he's getting some work there. A guy would want to go with. Now, Marshawn Lynch has been, we'll just say, very interesting this season. You know, he <laughs> played 76% of the Raiders' offensive snaps last week, which was a season high for him. Now, he's only averaged 13.3 rushing attempts per game over the last three games, but again, the Eagles' defense is a difficult matchup for him. Now, McKinnon is the one that's the most intriguing, in my opinion, and the one that has the most upside, which could ultimately kind of offset some of those other running backs, you know, for this uh, fantasy owner. Now, McKinnon's averaged 12.1 carries per game and 4.8 targets per game to Latavius Murray's 16.1 carries and 1.3 targets since Dalvin Cook's season-ending ACL injury in Week 4. Now, you look at the Packers' defense. You know, they've allowed the most receiving fantasy points to opposing running backs this season, but ranked 15th in rushing fantasy points allowed. Now, this places McKinnon on the RB2 radar, in my opinion, you know, he annihilated the Packers back in week six. You know, he had 99 total yards and two touchdowns on 20 touches. So this is obviously a guy that could have a big game, you know, for this player. Just some straight fire there, Eric. Uh, very nicely broken down there. Eric, what's been your biggest tilt of the season, whether it's season-long, Dynasty, DFS? What's really put you on edge? Oh, man, I was I was thinking about this. I know we were interacting on Slack, you know, about this question. And for me, it really comes down to Jordy Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> this is a guy that has driven me crazy and a guy, you know, I was unfortunately champion on uh, on Twitter last week heading into uh, Rogers return. And so 
you know, he had six targets, you know, three receptions for 28 yards. I guess the only silver lining is that he had the second most air yards on the team with uh, 93, I believe. But that's just, that's just a guy that's been killing me, Jeremy, all season. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, it's like the only situation. I can't say I got it right. I just, you know, I've, I've, I've got Devontae Adams in a whole bunch of dynasties. So fortunately for me, I've been on the right side of that, but not where it counts, which is now in the playoffs. So yeah, I'll go ahead and second that notion for the Green Bay wide receiver game overall. Uh, next one here, we've got start Alex Collins or Tyreek Hill in the flex. Yeah, for this one, uh, you know, I would go with uh, Tyreek Hill over Alex Collins. You know, uh, very few players in fantasy football this season, you have the weak winning potential, you know, that Hill brings, you know, to your lineup every week. And that's exactly what you want, especially out of the flex position. Very good. And it uh, looks like I skipped over one. Uh, sorry, listener, almost forgot about you there. Start two out of Peyton Barber, uh, new to the scene, Peyton Barber, Jimmy Graham, Joe Mixon, and Mike Davis. Now, Doug Martin, of course, was suspended last week here, Eric. Um, but according to the coach, it's in the past. I don't know what to make of that. <laughs> yeah, with with, uh, with Dirk Cutter, you just, you just never know. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's a guy that may be out of a job here in a couple of days. But anyway, I digress. So I would say um, Joe Mixon and Mike Davis would be my choices. And again, a little bit of context because that's important. So Mixon, you practice uh, on Wednesday. You know, which is critical. You know, it's a high probability that he'll get cleared, you know, from the concussion. One thing that's interesting when you look back at the last two full games he played, you know, he had 22 and 26 touches in those games. So he's firmly on the RB2 radar, you know, against the Lions defense allowing 4.2 yards per carry. Now, Mike Davis did not touch the ball in the second half. You know, the Seahawks were getting smoked. You know, it was like 34 to nothing, I think, going into the third quarter. And I do believe things will be different against the Cowboys on the road this week. You know, this is a Seahawks team that has a lot of pride. You know, they'll ultimately want to bounce back from this. And it's just something in fantasy that you really can't quantify, you know, but as being a you know high school football player, a collegiate football player, I know after getting an ass whipping like that, you want to bounce back the next week. So unfortunately with uh, with Davis, you know, he is going to need positive to neutral game flow to generate fantasy points, but that's a guy I'd roll the dice with. Very good. All right, here, the next one here. Somehow I've managed to make it to the playoffs. Uh, having both the Cleveland running backs on my roster, I should win just for that alone. This doesn't seem like a game script that will necessarily favor either running back. So do I just use Duke since he's uh, script independent, if you will? I also have Theo Riddick. Is he a better play than either of those Cleveland backs? I prefer uh, Duke Johnson in this scenario. You know, he scored the Browns' only touchdown last week against the Ravens. You know, he was the second-leading receiver on the team after uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, you look back at Duke, you know, he's been pretty, pretty consistent when it comes to touches. You know, he's averaged uh, 6.3 rushing attempts and 4.1 receptions per game um, over the last seven. So I'll, I'll roll with Duke Johnson then. Yep, I'm with you there on El Duque as well. I was just huge on El Duque coming into the season. And uh, I'm not going to say it a disappointment. He was a value play, and he's been doing just fine here. But I was hoping they'd figure out how to get him a little bit more usage in that damn offense. And we move on. I just scooped up C.J. Anderson off the wire. What are the odds of that? Is he a better play than uh, the aforementioned Marcus Goodwin and Sterling Shepard, giving their respective matchups, if you are starting C.J.A. over either of these guys, which of those two guys do you end up sitting? Yeah, this is another one I gave uh, some thought to. Uh, you know, I would go with C.J. Anderson and Sterling Shepard, and, and here's why. If you look at Anderson, he's gotten 73 touches uh, over the last three games. You know, he's clearly the lead back in Denver. Obviously, you know, success or failure, you know, is, is kind of tied to quarterback play there. So that's obviously a risk we're going with Anderson. But again, you know, if he's getting the touches, you got to roll with the volume. 
Uh, so, uh, you know, I would see him as an RB2 because of that. Now, Shepard, you know, set a career high in targets last week with 16. You know, he's averaged uh, 9.4 targets, 6.4 receptions, and 84.6 receiving yards per game uh, over his last five. So, you know, I would roll with those two players in this scenario. Yeah, and I think they move Shepard. And I, I think this question is probably derived, uh, uh, derivative from, uh, you know, Lisa Patrick Peterson here, who you know we saw trip and fall in the end zone, which is why oh, Jameson yeah. Crowded got that, that that touchdown right. So mm-hmm. I think they they they're creative enough to move Sterling Shepard around, um, where you know he, he can he, he's the type of wide receiver that I don't think Peterson's going to necessarily be able to lock down. So I'm I'm with you there as well. Uh, the next one here is uh, the fuck Mary kill. Now this is the NFL comedy of errors edition here uh, because of everything that transpired last week here, Eric. So we've got the catch rule. We've got the index card measurement, and we've got the out-of-bounds end zone touchback. So uh, what say you? <laughs> oh, no, I, I thought about this question, too, a lot. I was like, I just don't know which way to uh, to go here. So I'll just ad-lib this one. So my initial thought was to, you know, really to fuck the out-of-bounds uh, end zone touchback because that is the most polarizing rule, you know, that's out there that's unfortunately kind of had a negative impact, you know, on games. When you look at the index card measurement, you know, I get the rationale on what the referee was trying to do. And he's obviously been a referee in the league, I think, since 2006. So I would say with that type of attention to detail and, you know, with the index card, you know, that that's like a, uh, a measurement that's not going to change. You know, I would end up, uh, I guess, marrying the index card measurement. So as far as which one I would kill, I guess that leaves the, the catch rule because, you know, I'm just thinking back over the years watching, you know, Calvin Johnson and all these other receivers kind of get impacted by that. And I think that's just one we need to get rid of. Yeah, we're, man, this is nicely done there. I mean, the index card. I mean, this is we're, we're, we're approaching 2018 here. You think we would have some sort of CGI that would be able to take care of this for us here. And with respect to the catch rule, it's almost the inverse effect where we have so much breakdown to the point where we're taking away just the raw uh, innate ability to catch a football. I mean, just the, the, the rules here are getting out of control. And the out-of-bounds end zone, I mean, how dare you? How dare you reach across the pylon with the ball? You know what? We're giving a, we're going to give the ball to the other team at their 20 here. So don't ever do that again. In fact, Bill Belichick, I saw somewhere on Twitter that he actually tells players they're not allowed to reach across the pylon because of these ridiculous rules here. I mean, just the... <laughs> Because we're going to just, you know what, just don't put forth any extra effort. We're going to penalize you for doing so. It's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you know, what are we going to do? A guy like Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown's already down. Juju Smith-Schuster, you're going to step up to the plate, but we don't want you to give 100%. You know, maybe tone it down to about 80%, or we're going to give the ball to somebody else for crying out loud. <laughs> My goodness. But, yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, I mean, I, now that we bring him up here, right, like this is a guy that's going to step into a role for Antonio Brown. I've got Got him sole in my crosshairs this week, and uh, specifically on the draft app. Um, I play a lot of that on my phone. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be the type of guy that I've got in there because he's going to be one of those guys that you got to scroll down a little bit to find. And if he's going to assume that role, I think he can take over that Antonio Brown role very nicely. And he's just going to be a little bit under-owned. And so what you can actually do is take a couple running backs. You know, you've got the likes of Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott's back. It looks like Fournette's going to be healthy. So when you're in your head-to-heads on draft here this week, you're ultimately going to want to be just doubling down on those running backs. You go into the heads, those head-to-heads, some guys want to take – 
all right, let me take a running back, and then let me take a wide receiver. This is not a wide, uh, week to just jump into the wide receiver. Shore up your running backs, and then scroll down and get Juju Smith-Schuster and win all the monies. And if you have not done draft, my goodness, you got to get over there and give it a shot. In fact, draft is going to cover your free entry for a $3 entry if you use the promo code RBRADIO. This is basically just a draft app that you can do just like what you would do with your college buddies, with your friends, with your coworkers, and it, it's seamless, it's smooth, the UI is just phenomenal. So you're going to want to check that out and make sure you get G, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster this week via the promo code RBRADIO. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. All right, jumping right back in here, Eric, we have uh, another redraft question. You guessed it. I don't know what the Patriots are going to do this week on the ground. Most expect Deion Lewis to carry the most, but wouldn't actually behoo- wouldn't it behoove them to let Mike Gillisley carry it more given Burkhead's injury heading into the playoffs? It's his former team. Oh, uh, he says something else here. We have seen a practice guy, <laughs> a practice squad guy run for two touchdowns in New England. He's basically saying he's just trying to sell himself on a reason he can use Mike G outside of revenge narrative. What do you got? You, you know, I was thinking about this. It's like whenever you try to write your own narrative, it, it just never ends up well. So you, <laughs> I would fade Mike Gillisley. You know, he's simply being activated just due to Burkhead's injury. So I would go with Lewis, you know, Deion Lewis. You know, this is a guy who's averaged 12.4 rushing attempts, 1.9 receptions per game over the last seven games. And is a must-start, in my opinion, at home versus the Bills. And, uh, you know, he's just a guy who's had a consistent role. You know, he's had a role. Burkhead's had a role. I was just like, you know, why why throw the, the Hail Mary on Gillisley where you've got a guy that you know has been getting a certain amount of touches per game? Yeah, I'm with you there as well. And I the, the takeaway from this question, I wasn't exactly sure who he had on his team. So in the event, let's just say hypothetically he did not have Dean Lewis and he had uh, Mike Gillisley versus, oh, I don't know, James White. Who, who would you start there? Yeah, in that scenario, I would still go with James White. You know, that's a guy who has, uh, you know, track record with the Patriots, you know, has a defined role. You know, I would go with White. Very good. All right, throwing throwing shade on the Mike G here for all the right reasons here. Uh, the next one we have, uh, you, you brought him up earlier, Robert Woods. I mean, what else does this guy need to do? He's a boss hog. Get him in your lineups, folks. Sorry. Um, I, I, I'm getting against, ahead of myself here. Uh, so we've got start two out of Robert Woods, Michael Crabtree, and Alshon Jeffrey, uh, the, the guy my Bears didn't want to take because uh, apparently we want to get guys like Ruben Randall and Victor Cruz and Kendall Wright on our team. <laughs> 
Yeah, in this uh, in this scenario, I would go with uh, Michael Crabtree and Alshon Jeffrey. You know, Crabtree you know, had 17 targets last week. He should continue to see high volume if Amari Cooper is out. But I would still trust Crabtree even if Cooper is active. You know, because the last time he tried to play, he ultimately ended up going back to the sidelines. Uh, Jeffrey's a guy. You know, he's averaged 8.9 targets, 4.3 receptions, and 61 receiving yards per game over the last seven. Again, I'll state it. You know, volume trumps all, in my opinion, when making start or sit decisions that are like this. Woods is a great option too. I just believe, based on the matchup and other factors, that Crabtree and Jeffrey would be the players to go with in this scenario. Yeah, uh, I'm with you 100% on Crabtree here. I'll probably give a slight lean on Woods over Alshon, um, just because uh, the the target volume is a little bit, uh, I guess, more centralized, I should say. But yeah, I this is one of those where I don't know, flip a coin, because these are both, all three of these are great options here. Um, Eric, your most embarrassing moment you dare to share on RV Nation. So that's what we do, right? We bring you on the show for the first time, and then we just, you know, just throw you to the wolves. So sorry about that. No, 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 that, that's fine. You had some <laughs> other questions, too, that we could dive into if we have time, you know, about the uh, one about your favorite, you know, fantasy football memory. And I, I got a good response, you know, there, a story that I'd love to share. But embarrassing moment. I'll go and put it out there. So, uh, you know, I grew up in Alabama. Uh, fire ants are very uh, prevalent down there. You know, played, uh, you know, again, I played, uh, you know, high school football from college football. So this is a high school football story. You know, I remember there was a scrimmage. You know, it was like during our two days. You know, you're, you're tired as hell. You know, I, I ended up blocking someone. You know, we, we both fall into the ground. And all of a sudden, you know, I just feel things crawling underneath my shoulder pads. I'm shaking. You know, I'm jiggling. Everyone's looking at me like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? You know, so ultimately I had fire ants that crawled underneath my shoulder pads. <laughs> And, 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 and those things, they bit the heck out of me. And I've got like an allergic reaction for where, you know, I'll get all red in those spots. I'll end up getting like a little fever. I have to sit out the rest of practice because of that crap. <laughs> oh, gosh, that sounds awful. It, it, it was terrible. I laugh. I laugh at it now. But back then, wasn't funny at all. Well, at least they went in your shoulder pads and not somewhere else. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm very, uh, very uh, thankful, you know, for that. So <laughs> I like go back to the house, you know, pump like some, uh, you know, ibuprofen and everything in to get ready for like the afternoon practice. But yeah, it was, it was a nightmare. Oh, but, gosh. Know, such is life. <laughs> it, it almost reminds me of the movie Lucas where it's got nothing to do with it. But for some reason, when you, when you, you, you mentioned you were jumping around, it, it just reminded me of Lucas when they put the icy hot on his, on his crotch area, right? And he's just running around burning cold <laughs> like that. So, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but I went. <laughs> so, no, it's all good. I, I get the reference. You know, we're, we're around the same age. So I, I knew where you were going, man. I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned your favorite memory as well. So you alluded to it. We, we got to bring it now. What, what's your favorite memory? Yeah, we, we, we have to bring this because I um, – so favorite fantasy football memory was, uh, you know, winning uh, winning my home league, you know, the, uh, the League of Ordinary Gentlemen. You know, so I ended up winning that for the first time. Now, it's run by a very good friend of mine who – I interact on Twitter with a lot. So, you know, if you kind of follow my timeline, you've probably seen, uh, you know, his Twitter handle, but his name is uh, Sean Stone. So this is the guy that introduced me to fantasy football, you know, many years ago. Now, I'll, I'll be very transparent. You know, I was terrible my first season. You know, I ultimately used that as a catalyst, like in the offseason, to really dive headfirst into absorbing, you know, every single piece of fantasy football content I could find. I even went as far as to play uh, fantasy basketball, you know, as a time filler into the next football season. So all those adjustments paid off, you know, as I won the league, you know, that following season. But really that experience from, you know, one year to the next ultimately kind of lit a fire in me, you know, to become an, uh, to become an analyst. So that's the story, man. 
Fantastic. Yeah, it's you know, that's good. That's awesome, right? Because you always wonder, like, what puts somebody over the edge to just be crazy enough to say, you know what, I love fantasy football so much, I'm going to start writing about it, too. I mean, most most normal people aren't even listening to this podcast. Like, let's be real. If you are listening <laughs> to the Road of His Radio Mailbag podcast, that means you have some sort of fitness, sickness or fever um, because you are legitimately listening to a fantasy football podcast that isn't the... Uh, I don't. I was about to say the nine zero two one zero, but the the ESPN show. I forget what that <laughs> one is with with the berries over there, right? But uh, yeah. So it, it's always interesting, you know. And it, same thing happened to me. I was quite frankly, it was just trying to prove a point on Twitter because, of course, that's there's nothing more important than proving a point on Twitter. I mean, let's get that out there. And I didn't have anywhere to put it, so finally I just typed up a Word document and said, I need to throw this somewhere. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't, I don't know how to put this on there. And then you, you make your blog, and next thing you know, the rest is history. And yeah. here we are. Exactly. <laughs> very, very good. All right, getting back into it here, Eric. Uh, with Seattle's defense banged up, I don't feel as bad using Dak, especially with Zeke back. Um, but is Blake Bortles actually a better play? Yeah, I, I do uh, believe Blake Bortles is a, a better play. You know, I, I believe in Bortles, you know, in the Jaguars offense, uh, going against, you know, their defense. You know, I do, I do see them exploiting, um, one of their safeties. His name's going to escape me, Adrian, uh, Colbert. And so one thing like with, uh, with Blake Bortles, you know, he's, he has a, uh, 81% adjusted completion percentage over the last three weeks that ranks six in that span, you know, according to our pro football focus. So I really see that being a matchup that they're going to exploit, and he's going to attack that defense vertically. And obviously, Keelan Cole will be a huge beneficiary of that. You know, Fournette, you know, will have his opportunities, but you know, the question that I would have is why would they want to risk giving Fournette, you know, twenty plus touches for where they're going to need him for the playoffs? So that's kind of the narrative I would weave in that scenario. Yep, I'm with you there as well, and uh, I'm interested to hear, once the show is over, how much of this background noise is getting picked up in the show here. Uh, we're getting ready for the holidays, of course, and somebody upstairs is vacuuming. So if I actually try to go upstairs and say, please stop vacuuming, I'm pretty much just going to get slapped, right? It's just not going <laughs> to happen. So I'm, I'm going to just preface an apology to RV Nation. If you hear any vacuuming or anything upstairs, uh, you're just going to have to deal with it along with me here. So apologies for that. Um, but moving Moving on here, we've got uh, Philip Rivers finally had a shit game with Keenan getting hobbled, Henry being lost here. Uh, now they get a seemingly good matchup, but is it a trap matchup of them having to travel to the East Coast? Luckily, I didn't lose last week, but Nick Foles was on my bench as I didn't think I needed him last week for a start. So Nick Foles gets another good matchup. Am I nuts thinking about using Foles over Rivers this week? Yeah, and this was this was a tough one for me because I've uh, you know been leveraging Rivers in uh, in one of my leagues, you know, with losing uh, Watson, you know, Deshaun Watson. So I would say it's not nuts at all to consider starting, you know, Nick Foles. But my my instincts and guts, you know, tell me to start our Rivers. You know, he took more chances last week after watching that game, you know, by throwing in double coverage against the Chiefs. You know, that unfortunately resulted in a number of interceptions. Uh, the Chargers have a lot on the line over the next two weeks. You know, they're trying to make the playoffs, so. Now, this is a scenario where I firmly believe you shouldn't let recency bias cloud your judgment. I'll go Rivers over Foles. 
Yeah, I'm having this. This was a, probably the the most difficult one on the show sheet for me personally here. And I mean, you know, any projection system you look at, you look at the Gillespie app, for instance, it's going to take Rivers here. Um, what I'm struggling is is the with the the lack of information with Keenan Allen here. So I, uh, you know, by the time this show comes out uh, late Thursday uh, or into early Friday morning here, I, I think that day we're going to get a little bit more information if we haven't already on Keenan Allen. I know he's supposed to be fine here but you know i it's just i can't i can't shake it in the back of my head especially with henry out you know if there's any feasibility that that allen exits that game then it just completely changes the performance of rivers here so i almost feel like you know if you need to take a shot or you, you need to take a risk here go with rivers even though he's the better play on paper here but i mm-hmm. think I think the floor play is Foles, right? Like if you if you need for I never how does how do you say that Nick Foles is the safer conservative play here? <laughs> but, but I think I think it feels he weird, is. doesn't? It? Yeah, it feels real weird. But I I think that's the way I would lean. You know, if you're an underdog, maybe well I I would I would maybe argue that Foles has the same upside as Rivers this week, right? Ooh. Yeah, yeah, he he does. Like, obviously, you brought up a great point, Jeremy. If uh, if Allen is out, that does change things. So that's some news flow that you know I would be watching uh, very closely along with everyone else. But uh, I see where you're coming from, though. You know, Foles does have a lot of things going for him. I think the only thing that Rivers has that Foles doesn't is just uh, body of work. He knows important, mm-hmm. uh, and so he does have that going for him. But you know, again, you know, upside. You know, I think Foles has a lot of upside as well. So it, it's a tough call. It's kind of one of those you may want to coin flip. But Allen yeah. does change things, though, if he's out. Well, we, that's our that's our analysis, Mister Questioner. So, um, good luck with that. Have fun, um, <laughs> Eric. What's what's been the worst job you've ever had? And see, then this was one where I haven't really had uh, what I would call like the the worst you know job ever. Uh, just to not go into you know too much excruciating detail, but really my first you know job. You know, so I was always busy like with sports and different things like in high school. So my first job was. Uh, when I was off during the summers in college, I actually sold a uh, Cutco. You know, a lot of the listeners may or may not know what that is, but it's basically, uh, you know, high quality cutlery. And so I've always just had kind of sales jobs that were like that. And I was like a direct, you know, sales job. You know, it was a fun gig. You know, it wasn't anything that I would want to do like professionally, you know, for the rest of my life. You know, whether I was you know, leading like a team or managing an office, but it's a good experience. So I wouldn't say, you know, I've had what, what would be called the, the worst job ever. No, and, and it's it's one of those jobs where it's not for the faint at heart, right? Any anything like yeah. that, uh, going into people's homes door to door. I I also did you know newspaper subscription mm-hmm. sales and um, you know even selling you know anything as far as like paintball packages in college things like that, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's tough to do that, but uh, you know at the end of the day, it's really good when you, you maybe need to uh, you know do things like establish rapport and. You know, get a little bit personable. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, there, there's there's positives that come out of everything here. Uh, the next one here is, can I trust Mike Wallace this week? Uh, I need a wide receiver three. I can use either him or Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I trust Mike Wallace over uh, Nelson Aguilar. You know, Wallace has averaged uh, 8.5 targets, 4.8 receptions, and 81.2 receiving yards uh, over the last four games. You know, Wallace faces a Colts defense that has basically been eviscerated by opposing wide receivers all season. You know, I'm down with going Wallace over Aguilar. Yeah, I'm with you there as well. I think if you're an, an underdog and you need to swing for the fence, I actually think Aguilar has the higher ceiling. Uh, but if Aguilar doesn't get that touchdown, I think Wallace has just got more uh, body of work uh, built in here for the week. Um, 
Eric, movie within a movie time. Take a movie's cast and characters, pick them up, move them into a completely different movie's plot. What is the new movie, and how does it play out? Okay, all right, so let me, let me, let me try to sell you this. Okay, so The Born Inception, okay? The Born Inception. So a man is picked up by a fishing boat, bullet-riddled, <laughs> and suffering from amnesia, recovers and builds his life as a thief who steals corporate secrets through the use of dream-sharing technology. He's given the inverse task of planting an idea into the mind of a CEO before a deadline, but he's ultimately having to elude assassins who may hold the secret to recovering his memories. The plot thickens as Jason Bourne comes to the realization that he is actually living inside a dream. What do you think? I think that's fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, that is just awesome. You won the award. I mean, it is week 16, and this question has been awesome every single week, but you literally went into the synopsis, and you took it one step further than anybody else has, and I think there's actually been three other people beside you that have in one way, shape, or another this year have also brought Inception into this question. So that's a pretty popular one, that one in the Big Lebowski here. Um, but nobody has done it with Jason Bourne here. And nobody actually brought Jason Bourne into the dreams, uh, dream suite sequence here. So, uh, oh boy, <laughs> I, I feel like as a sequel, it's going to be Jason Bourne gets out of the Inception dream sequence, but now it's Jason uh, Memento. Now that would be a good one. Now right? that's good. We'll just add the Christopher Nolan theme onto that. I like it. <laughs> no, I tried to think of something with like Interstellar, but I was like, I just got to go with Inception. I just got to go with Inception. Yeah, no, that, you can't go wrong. Well, nicely done, sir. Nicely done. No, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Rank these wide receivers and any thoughts. Uh, Keelan Cole, we've talked about Chris Godwin and Kenny Galladay. Yeah, obviously Keelan Cole's first, followed by uh, Kenny Galladay, then Chris Goodwin. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Um, boy, I I had a little bit of Godwin last week just as a, a 3K crapper. It didn't work out. I guess I was a week early on that one. Uh, Kenny Galladay, I like the seemingly increased volume that he's going to get. Uh, I, I think I would go Cole, then Galladay, then uh, Chris Godwin there as well. Uh, Eric, if you can go anywhere, past or present or future, where would you go or when would you go? Yeah, but the time frame that I, that I would like to uh, visit, you know, would be, you know, like in the late 60s, you know, early 70s. You know, I'm a huge, uh, huge uh, music fan, you know, love uh, classic rock, you know, hard rock, you know, heavy metal, you name it. I know that shocks a lot of people. Uh, and get where I'm going with this, Jeremy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I love, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin, you know, Cream, you know, Clapton, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I think it would be pretty cool to go back during that time frame, you know, because I play bass guitar as well. You know, just to be able to uh, kind of make a name, you know, for myself on the music scene, and just you know, really just see what happened. The business was entirely, you know, entirely different then. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, and you were you were, you came from knowledge too, right? So you're in uh, like the right where you need to be to go back into time and and just slap the bass a little bit there. Yeah, absolutely. Oh wow. Yeah, I. Uh... Geez, you know, I, I've never done that. I'll have to give this one some thought. I actually have never chimed in on this one. Maybe I'll do so for week 17 here uh, because we got a couple more here. we got to fly out of here. So start two between Stefan Diggs, Doug Baldwin, and Josh Gordon. Yeah, my, my thought here was uh, Doug Baldwin and uh, Stefan Diggs. You know, I see Baldwin bouncing back against the Cowboys you know, on the road. You know, Diggs has a prime matchup against the Packers. You know, this is a guy who's uh, seen 21 targets over the last three games, which just happens to be one behind teammate Adam Thielen. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I, 
I don't. I'm not going back to Gordon right now. If I have a choice, like he's fine, right? You know, he could break out. I think he's fine. But yeah, I'll go with the other two here. Uh, last but surely not least, uh, surely don't call me Shirley. Week 16, your NFL bold prediction. Bold prediction would be Marvin Jones is going to rack up 125 or more receiving yards with multiple touchdowns as he goes gangbusters against his former team and finishes as the number one fantasy wide receiver this week in PPR. Please hold one second while I note that down here and build Marvin Jones rosters. Okay, check. Got it. Thanks. I'm hoping you win me some money this week. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a road of his podcast dedicated to answering your fantasy football questions. You can submit any questions that you have for the show to us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com or on Twitter at rotovizradio using the hashtag RVMailbag. Eric, man, just straight fire. Thanks for carving out the time and coming on the show. Any last-minute plugs? Well, yeah, just first of all, Jeremy, and I hey, appreciate you inviting me on. You know, it's always a pleasure, you know, coming on to the uh, Road of Viz uh, shows, and I'm glad I uh, had a chance to do the mailbag show with you. But other than that, you know, I just, you know, I'm always active on Twitter. So, you know, if you have questions or just want to bounce some ideas off me, uh, you know, hit me up. And, you know, I'm already making plans just to uh, unleash a, a ton of our content heading into the off season. So that's really all I got, man. Very good. All right. Uh, again, follow him on Twitter. That's at Eric N. Moody. Just straight bringing the fire. And also, please don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes. It means a lot. I'm Jeremy Hart at Fantasy Gumshoe. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Mailbag, a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.